0: The Green Bay Health Project Podcast is sponsored by Movement Performance and Rehabilitation, where we help the athletes and active adults move better, perform better, stay pain-free, and in the sports and activities that they love. We do this by focusing on their movements and optimizing their mobility and strength. We believe that your body is your greatest tool, and when you take care of it, you can move better, you feel better, and you thrive. So head to movement-rehab.com, that's m-v-m-t-rehab.com, to learn how we can help you stay active and pain-free. What's going on, everyone? This is Trevor with the Green Bay Health Project Podcast, and today I am joined by Dr. Paula Bruski of Aerial Dance. Um, There are two locations, one in Appleton and one in Green Bay, and I'm looking forward to this conversation and definitely getting into the background because it's a little different path than I think I was was expected. So um, Paula, thank you first and foremost for taking time out of your day to talk with me. Um, And let's just jump right into it. If you can, tell us about your background and really how aerial dance came to be.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Trevor. I'm excited to be here speaking about what aerial dance is. Mm-hmm. We have been in business now 10 years, two years in the Green Bay area. Our Green Bay location is actually in De Pier okay. um, off of Shering Road, but our Appleton location opened in 2010. So our 11 year anniversary is actually the September, which is still kind of surreal <laughs> um, I started as a professional bassoon player. So I was a professional musician. Wow. That was my first career.
0: That's awesome.
1: And I was. Always injured bassoon, and I man, <laughs> I, I had like the number of injuries I had was just insane. So I started researching how to stay healthy as a bassoonist. Okay, and a lot of shoulder stuff, probably, to, huh? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, musicians in general have an eighty-eight percent injury rate. Oh, wow. Um, classical musicians—it's an extremely physically demanding field, and it's a field that nobody talks about mm-hmm. injuries. No. You know, like I mean, I checked myself out of the hospital once, um, and I was under observation because I thought I might be having an appendicitis, but they weren't sure yet. And I checked myself out of the hospital to go play a concert, and then came back.
0: Committed, um, I like.
1: Thankfully, <laughs> didn't have an appendicitis, So that might have yeah. ended really badly for me. Um, but like, as a musician, you just play no matter what. And so we don't talk about our injuries. So I actually went to the University of Sydney um, and won. scholarship through them uh this is in australia and it was the endeavor international postgraduate research scholarship wow which is like their version of a fulbright or like for lack of a better Mm -hmm. comparison um so it was funded by the australian government because they were interested in my research proposal which was identifying injury rates among bassoon players
0: that's awesome
1: so I started in the like, health and wellness field as mm-hmm. a PhD researcher, specifically trying to look at upper musculoskeletal disorders. So for those of you that don't have a you know, medical science background, that means arms, wrists, and shoulders, <laughs> um, uh, uh, researching how, how frequently those injuries are occurring in bassoon players. And I did that at the University of Sydney. I was living in Sydney at the time. Sydney, Australia is stunningly beautiful. Please go if you have the chance. Um, I miss it daily, especially (laughs) on days like yesterday when it was snowing.
0: I could not believe that.
1: Right? (laughs) Um, So I was at, at the University of Sydney learning about this. And part of doing a PhD is you read everything under the sun. And you are required to do what is a review of literature, which is literally reading everything that's ever been written or possibly connected to your topic so you can have a a basis. And what I was finding when I was doing my review of literature was as much as I was interested in the idea of, like, how prevalent are these injuries? Like, am I just weird that I'm constantly injured or is this normal? (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, I was really interested in where my research will go after my PhD, Mm -hmm. which is how do you prevent injuries? Mm -hmm. Um, And so when I was doing the review of literature for my PhD, I kept coming across different um, methods that people were using and trying to figure out, okay, if we have an injury rate, let's say in violin players, and we have them do this Pilates program, does that change the injury rates? Um, So I was... Mm -hmm really curious about this. And I, and everyone's like, what the heck does this have to do with full? I swear I'm getting there. No,
0: this is really interesting. I'm digging this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was researching and basically what I was learning is that scapulothoracic strength training, which is making your upper back between your shoulder blades mm-hmm. stronger was a critical component to limit musician injury, which makes total sense when you think about how, you know, I was holding a 15-pound instrument at an oblique angle for eight hours a day and right. all the weight was on my left hand. Like, <laughs> shock, I have left wrist pain. <laughs> right? can't imagine why. Um, and so the, the, the research was saying that if you strengthen this region of the back and you then increase flexibility in the chest so the back can get stronger you actually have a chance of limiting injury. And I thought, oh, this is really fascinating.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so I started going on my own, you know, Tim Ferris journey of trying everything under the sun that was recommended to build strength in this region of my back. Hmm. And at the time, I was still living in Sydney, I was still pursuing my PhD. And I and this was kind of like my offshoot project that was like sort of related, but sort of not related um, because I was still a performer. I was still playing, you know, shows and practicing a stupid amount every week. So Paul came in because this was in 2007 and one of my friends, I was telling her I had just taken a yoga class because I was like trying to get this area and it just, it wasn't the right fit for me. And I wasn't quite getting at what I wanted. And she goes, well, why don't you try a pole class? And I'm like, I'm sorry, what?
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: And she's like, pole dancing. Like that's, that would totally make sense. Pole dancing, that would work that area. And I, I didn't know what pole fitness was. Mm-hmm. I came from Northeast Wisconsin. The only connotation I knew for pole was stripping. I didn't understand that there was an entire fitness industry and sports industry also tied to it. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, frankly, at the time, there wasn't. Pole was very, very new in 2007 as a fitness industry and sport. Um, But thankfully, Australia was much further ahead than the U.S. And there were actually a number of pole studios. Hmm. So in July of 2007, for my birthday, because I will be totally honest, I thought it was a farce. Like, I did not expect... It to be like, I thought I was just going to go and play and it was going to be ridiculous. And like, I was just going to have a good laugh. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was like, I'll do it on my birthday. That'll be like a good (laughs) laugh on my birthday. And so I went to Studio Verve in Australia, which has now been rebranded as Pole Athletica. And it was the number one pole studio in Sydney at the time. Oh, wow. And I took, um, they were very, very fitness based. So, I walked into my first pole class in like, you know, shorts that were way longer than you should wear for pole because I was <laughs> terrified of my legs and a tank top. And I, and at Studio Verve, we always danced in tennis shoes. So, like, I walk in in my like white sneakers, right? And I take my full, my first pole class and I laughed the whole time. <laughs> my instructor, Phoebe, was like a goddess. She was just so graceful and so beautiful and so sweet mm-hmm. and so supportive. And I could not do 80% of what the class was. <laughs> yeah, You know, like I, I mean, I was a professional musician. I had a medical excuse through all of high school gym because I had three knee surgeries in high school. Wow. So like fitness and Paula, not, <laughs> not a thing. <laughs> um, and so for me, this was so outside my comfort level and so outside my ability level. But I had so much fun. Mm -hmm. Like I laughed the whole class and it was amazing. So I signed up for a session and like kind of forgot that I was doing it for like, you know, you know, strength training. I was just having fun. Mm. And six months later, I was a size smaller and I could lift my body weight. And that was insane to me. I remember vividly the first day I was able to lift my body weight. It was the most empowering thing. I bet. Because I had always felt weak, Mm. and now suddenly I wasn't. Mm -hmm. And so suddenly I had a stronger body. I had a more fit body. I had changed my body composition. I don't know that my weight changed, but Mm. where my weight was distributed definitely changed because I had muscle Mm -hmm. for the first time.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And I had self-confidence on a whole new level. And I fell in love with pole, and it has been hugely in my life since. I moved back to the U S in 2009 and no one was doing pole. Mm -hmm. There was no pole here. And at the, in 2010, I, I missed it so much that I was like, this isn't okay. I, I, I need a pole studio. So if no, one's going to open one, I guess I will. And that's, that's how aerial dance started. I was very, very lucky because a local gym owner at premier fitness in Appleton had actually built a pole studio, but he had no one to teach it. I mean, there were like three poles, like mm-hmm. let's be very clear, it was very small. But like, <laughs> it was awesome for him to have the foresight to even think of it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so I opened Aerial Dance inside Premier Fitness for the selfish reason that I wanted to do pole again. Yeah. And that's how we started. Mm-hmm. And it has been a whirlwind since.
0: And he, yeah, here we are, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and, and here it is.
1: Almost eleven years later with, you know, twenty-five plus instructors and two full time managers and wow. oh my gosh, this is like a real business now. That's How incredible. Did that happen? <laughs> yeah, honestly. It's
0: in the blink of an eye almost. <laughs> yeah. That's that's a really cool story. And I was really looking forward to uh hearing it because people I mean, good for you for taking ownership and figuring it out. I mean, I I love research. I I read it often, obviously things are always changing but to figure out especially with what you were playing that the area the mid back shoulder blades like all of that area is so neglected and so neglected. we I, we see people all I love the shoulder it's probably my favorite area to to treat because there are so many different aspects that go into it but so many people neglect that area that their their thoracic spine their mid back their shoulder blades always neglected and there's usually always the answer lies somewhere in there it's so important
1: so after my phd um when i was done with that component of research i actually went for a number of years and researched injury prevention for musicians specifically Mm -hmm. and the exercises that would target the areas they need and i actually toured around the u.s going to different symphonies and universities um helping them develop programs okay. to keep injuries from their players that's awesome but it was always just shocking to me like mm-hmm. these are people these are professional athletes like we don't think of musicians that way mm-hmm. but like how is a musician not a different than Aaron Rodgers right they practice eight hours a day they don't get paid the same mm, yeah. Clear about <laughs> that. when they come off the field i.e. the concert stage we don't have support staff waiting on the side of the music stage Hmm. but our concerts run three hours too and by the way we usually have five or six a week not just one yeah so like i mean musicians are athletes and we just didn't have the support and didn't have the knowledge of how important cross training Mm -hmm. is especially in the region of the back that is supporting your instrument Mm -hmm.
0: yeah and just about staying on that topic for just a second was, were you finding it more in string instruments or was it across the board? Like when I, that's what I would have thought too. Yeah. I mean, if you think about the the positions that musicians sit in and kind of how they are and just the orientation of the body, the setup of the body, it makes total sense.
1: Right. Like, I mean, the injuries differ depending on the instrument. Mm -hmm. So like, Flute players, the way they hold their flute, they often get ulnar nerve entrapment Mm -hmm. um, in their outside arm. Um, You know, versus a trumpet player is going to be having a dystonia in his face from his embouchure. Mm -hmm. You know, so uh, the types of injuries differ. But like universally, if you do anything for the number of hours that a professional musician does, you're going to have injuries. Mm -hmm. The human body is amazing and it's adaptive and it's incredible. But like, we weren't, I mean, I, I also, I mean, take this to office workers. We weren't meant to sit at a computer for eight oh, hours.
0: Yes. We could have a whole episode to, about that.
1: Right? <laughs> like we weren't meant to drive a truck across the country and be sitting in that position. Like mm-hmm. we aren't our physiology. If you go back to how we were built, I'm sorry, I'm totally off topic. I
0: love it. I'm here for it.
1: <laughs> but like, if, if you go back to actually our genetics, what we are doing now as a species, our body is not evolved for. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the reasons that, we, that I think fitness and cross-training has become even more important mm-hmm. because we aren't genetically modified to be doing what we're doing, so we have to have other things supplementing it. Mm-hmm. And I saw that all the time in musicians with their cross-training.
0: I bet. That is, that is really interesting. And, I mean, especially nowadays in this current time people are sitting more than ever and i mean talk about your lower body just not having to be active and your hips Mm -hmm. probably the strongest part of your body that gives the most support i mean
1: your your anti-gravity force (laughs) now just isn't at the table right what yeah
0: it's it's incredible and like i said we could go on and on about this (laughs) I could, it sounds like we both could, but I I just hope that people find fitness in whatever makes them happy to be up and active because you are 100% accurate that we are built. I mean, we're built to move. We're built to be active and be fit. And today's day and age just doesn't necessarily promote that. And it's a shame. And
1: and we also have come to this horrible Sorry, Paul's going to get on a soapbox right now. We've come to this place that you have to be a specific size Mm -hmm. or a specific fitness level to be active. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, if you're not wearing the perfect Lululemon tank top, (laughs) you shouldn't go to the gym. Like, no, no, humans are just supposed to move. Mm -hmm. And more importantly, it doesn't matter how, just that you do it. Mm -hmm. And so if you find something that is fun and that is exciting, You will do it. Mm -hmm. So like at Ariel Dance, one of our big philosophies is like we have our five core values. One of them is play. Mm. This is a playground. This isn't a workout for studio. I don't own a gym. I own a sorority that's also a playground. (laughs) I like that. Because that's what my clients need Mm -hmm. to be able to keep coming back. And yes, they're going to get fitter. And yes, they're going to get stronger. And yes, they're going to have a ton of health benefits. But if you are participating in fitness regularly and you're laughing during it and you're excited to be there and you have friendships during it, you are going to stay fitter for longer. Mm -hmm. And the more that you, and I call it cross training, but really it's just moving. Mm -hmm. The more you do that, the more everything in your life, no matter what your job is, is going to be better.
0: Mm -hmm. 100%. I mean, totally agree. I've got nothing to add that was 100% (laughs) accurate. Um, So Speaking of aerial dance and, Mm -hmm. I mean, pole fitness, I can't even imagine the upper body work that goes into that. So, I mean, can you expand? What do you guys all offer at aerial dance? What kind of fitness is there?
1: Yeah. So we started as a pole fitness studio. And for the first four years, uh, we just taught pole classes. Okay. Our pole classes, what's beautiful about pole is it's a full body workout. Mm -hmm. So. You are working all of the big muscles. Like every time you go to lift your leg to put it on the pole, you're engaging your quads, you're engaging your hamstrings, you're engaging your glutes, you're doing all the big movers. But what's so special about pole is you're working all the little stabilizers. Mm. And so where, you know, if you're at the gym and you're working on a machine, you might be isolating. Pole doesn't allow isolation because it's full body engagement and movement for everything you do. So that makes it like uh, you hit everything in one hour workout. Yeah. Um, and I'm, my personal belief, there is research to back this up, mm-hmm. but I won't bore you with it, um, <laughs> is that the more the stabilizing muscles are engaged, the healthier you are long-term and the less injuries you have. Mm-hmm. So for me when a woman, you know, will come to us and like she's been doing planks forever and she does planks all the time. And mm-hmm. I'm like, cool. Well, first of all, you're not doing them right.
2: <laughs> yeah, because usually. someone
1: didn't train you properly. Mm-hmm. But like you're also limiting the stabilization. Pole is moving. You're fighting gravity and you're fighting centripetal force. Mm-hmm. So you have all of these other things working on your body concurrently, which means everybody has to come to the party to keep you on the pole. And because of that, it's a phenomenal, phenomenal workout. So that's how Paul started. Um, the number one question I get is people say to me that they're not strong enough.
2: Mm, I was going to well, ask. I, I was couldn't lift ask my body weight
1: off the ground. Mm-hmm. So like, dude, start. Like, right. You don't get stronger <laughs> by not doing it. Mm-hmm. You get stronger by showing up.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and our program is sequential. So something that I'm a firm believer in. Uh, is we run our program in eight-week sessions. So when you start a poll class, you start for eight weeks in beginner poll. Oh, nice. And we do that for a number of reasons. Um, It's a horrible decision from a marketing and financial stability (laughs) because people don't like committing for eight weeks. Mm -hmm. And they don't like being told that they want to start tomorrow, but the next session doesn't start for three weeks. Mm. Um, But this is something I have refused to change. Because I think it's extremely important that you start something consistently when you're, when you're talking about a full body workout and you're talking about stabilization. Mm-hmm. And so our program, I mean, there are what, 17 different muscles that control shoulder range of motion. Yeah, We are working all of them. So we, I can't have you show up one week and then not show up for four weeks because you've built nothing in that time period. Mm-hmm. I need the consistency of your attendance because that's how you're going to see growth. Mm-hmm. And that's how you're going to actually start to impact and influence those muscle groups. And then after roughly about week three, people are freaking out because they're like, okay, it's still really hard. And by about week four, they're like, wait a minute, this is getting better. And by week six, they're like, oh, I can do things now that I couldn't do this mm-hmm. And by the end of week eight, their body shape has changed. Yeah. And so we run, because of that, our eight-week program. So people come into beginners, they do the eight-week course, um, and then they move up to intermediate. Mm. And all of our program is structured so that you have the ability to keep learning and growing no matter where you come to us. Some girls take beginner once. Some girls take beginner for six months. Okay. It really is just dependent on where you're starting your journey. But that's something at an Aerial Dance we are unbelievably adamant about and that this is your journey. hmm and it's personal and you're going to move however you move in the time frame you do and we will support you and help you and cheer you through it. That's awesome. So that's our pole program. Mm-hmm. In addition to pole, we also in 2004 started an aerial program. So we brought aerial hoop, aerial silks and aerial hammock to the Fox River Valley in wow. 2004 and now we also have it at our Decatur location. Okay. And that is beautiful flowing art in the air Mm -hmm. um that you know is also challenging and it's you're lifting your body weight but yet you're creating something beautiful so like you kind of forget that you're (laughs) working out
2: yeah wow yeah
1: and then we also have an entire fitness program as well we do dance classes as well as flexibility classes as well as strength boot camp classes
0: wow got it all covered
1: we do. Yeah. We are a sanctuary for women. We are your one-stop fitness place for females to yeah. get in their workouts. Okay.
0: And yeah, I mean, I can't. Do you have people that are like afraid of heights? Absolutely. <laughs> come in? That would be my concern. Like, I don't like heights. But now you're telling me to climb. i totally and... honest. Yeah.
1: I don't love heights either. Oh, really? I don't love them. No. Like, I'm, like I, I'm happy doing a move when it's like one or two feet off the ground. Mm-hmm. When it's like 10 feet off the ground, the little voice in the back of my head goes, what are you doing? <laughs>
2: um,
1: so we definitely do have people that are afraid of heights. Mm-hmm. And I think that's also part of the allure mm. of pole Makes sense. and aerial yeah. is if you're uncomfortable with heights, Trevor, and you come to a class and you do something and you're a raging badass <laughs> and you do something at height, how baller are you going to feel walking out of right. our doors? How much? How much um, confidence did it give you to face down part of that fear? Mm -hmm. And how much of a belief in yourself did you gain
2: Mm -hmm. because
1: you were scared to do it and you did it anyway? And did you die? Right. Right. So I think part of the attraction of Paul and Ariel is some of that fear and overcoming that fear. Yeah. And realizing that you're capable of way more than you give yourself credit for.
0: Mm -hmm. I totally agree with that, and I I love what you were saying about you know there's not I really love the eight week courses. I think a lot of people are very hesitant to take that first step, especially if they're not comfortable with themselves. Um, They're, they're very hesitant to take that first step. Like, especially if it's in like a big gym or they avoid it strictly because I don't know where to go. And, or I don't, I'm not gonna be lifting as much as this person, or I'm not going to look like I fit in and it's terrible. And it's, like you said, you hit it spot on. All you have to do is start. Show up. And then be consistent. Yeah. That consist- consistency is where it's at. And if you show up that first time, yeah, you're going to be sore. But you know what? It's going to be a good sore. You're going to feel good. And then s- slowly, like you, you alluded to as well, the confidence comes and the self-esteem comes. And then it's the trickle-down effect. And then you're a new person. Yes.
1: Yes. We find that a lot of our women end up making life changes after they've been with us a while Mm -hmm. because they then have the confidence to go to their boss and say, I want to raise
2: Mm -hmm.
1: or the confidence to go to their husband and say, cool, can we work on this aspect of our marriage? Mm -hmm. Because I'm not a doormat. I'm a strong, independent person. And I found her again. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's really bloody important. There are so many places that are telling us we're not good enough there are so many images like every um, i don't mean to criticize other fitness programs but every gym that talks about weight loss as the goal yeah i want to burn to the ground yep
0: i agree completely um
1: because that isn't the goal of movement that mm-hmm. isn't the goal of fitness it might be a byproduct exactly but it also might not be mm-hmm. i mean one of my instructors who it, you can see her six pack she is insanely lean she's also tall she is also strong. Mm-hmm. And a nurse said to her that she was on the borderline of being obese. Wow. Because her body mass index oh,
0: get out of here was wrong.
1: That. And I'm like, <laughs> she has a six pack. Like, I don't know how oh. that nurse could look at her and say that. honestly. Because we're looking, we're, We're measuring the wrong things. It's not about her weight. That isn't what matters. Mm -hmm. She's all muscle. Mm -hmm. She is lean. She is sinew and muscle. Mm -hmm. And yet you're saying, oh, it just- Oh, man.
0: We could go on another soapbox about this. That BMI needs to go. (laughs) It
1: needs to go. Plus, it was never even written for women. So why is that even a factor for us? It's
0: so bad. It is so bad. And, oh, scale's- I don't like scales either. You know, people- We don't
1: have them at aerial dance. We don't welcome them in our building. We don't talk about weight and weight loss.
0: That is awesome. We talk
1: about healthy habits and getting strong.
0: Yep. And that's all that you need. I I hate people like the scale's not changing. Well, guess what? Muscle weighs more. You're getting stronger. So you're not going to see the numerical changes, but look at your body. Like, look how you feel. Look at all of that stuff because that's what matters way more.
1: Yes. And, and ability, Mm -hmm. like the day that I was able to lift my butt over my head, (laughs) I was like, over the moon, because Mm -hmm. that was something that I saw. And I thought I'd never be able to do.
0: Yep. That's,
1: you know, that's awesome. It's so important to look at such a bigger, bigger scope. So for me in the fitness industry. I just I wanted as aerial dance was growing, it became extremely important to me. That we found a company that is about self love mm-hmm. and self growth.
0: Mm-hmm. It's important. It's so important. You feel, and fitness gives that to you. It gives that part of your life back to you. It really does. Mm-hmm. Um, so, with all your research in shoulders, how yes. have you applied that to what you are doing now? Because I know you can't just leave that (laughs) no when you're that passionate about it has has that part of your life and your education transferred over to how um things operate how you coach how the classes are set up and all that
1: oh trevor i love this question so much (laughs) um because our program at aerial dance is based on my research oh nice so the way that we teach shoulder, excuse me, shoulder engagement and all of that is based on my research and what I learned. So the exercises, our progressive curriculum, I wrote based on all of that knowledge. So it's always funny because it doesn't seem like my path is linear, Mm -hmm. but yet that background is what makes aerial dance, the successful fitness studio it is. Mm -hmm. And frankly, I'm a researcher. So research changes.
2: Yep. Always. And when...
1: it has to, right? Yeah. We're, lear- we're always learning more.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And recently, we've been changing some of the ways that we teach moves because more data has come out like changing the basis of knowledge.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I mean, especially in Poland-Ariel, the data is changing constantly because 10 years ago, this wasn't a field. Mm-hmm. And now people are actually researching the circus arts. Um, so we actually constantly are updating our knowledge base and changing our curriculum as a result. Aerial Dance is 100% science-based. We really like science here. It's awesome. Um, and I require all of my staff to get external certifications so that they're okay. bringing the newest knowledge back. Right now, my instruction team has over 52 different external certifications that we wow. are using to also build our program. Um, because mm-hmm. the other thing I learned as a researcher is that just because one study says it doesn't mean it's right? You need to have multiple d- different sources mm-hmm. to really figure out what's best. Mm-hmm. And so we, I've taken all of that, you know, re- thir- research methodology into account as we built our program. And so our our program is very much science and research based, and it's constantly evolving because it has to. Science has changing.
0: That's awesome. That is so cool. <laughs> I. We could nerd out on this.
1: <laughs> I know. I, I'm, I'm like such a dork about this, but like to me, this is what's so important. And frankly, what's missing in a lot of programs. Mm-hmm. Um, I get very worried when I have friends that go to, don't pick on a specific modality, let's just say a, like a bootcamp type class. Mm-hmm. And the person that's training them went to a weekend course and now they're their coach.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And this is where I like, I want to throw my doctor card on the table <laughs> and just be like, do you not understand that like to really, you're, you're working in a field that can seriously hurt someone. People can get very oh, yeah. injured working out. Mm-hmm. You, it, it's very concerning to me to have someone teaching who hasn't truly invested time. Mm-hmm. So for my staff, when we hire new instructors, it is a six-month program wow. of them doing countless hours of training and learning and then shadowing and co-teaching so that by the time they're working one-on-one with students, mm-hmm. if an accident happens, it's not because they didn't know.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, like, I mean, I own an aerial studio, Think people fall, yeah. like things happen. Yeah. We have crash mats, they don't get hurt for a reason. <laughs> But like, I mean, especially when you're talking about people being spotted, mm-hmm. like I don't want a spotter that's had ten hours of spotting training. I want a spotter who's going to make sure I don't break my neck, mm-hmm. who's had two hundred hours of spotting training. And so that's something that I've built into how we train our people to make sure my instructors are the best. Mm-hmm. They're the best trained. They're the most knowledgeable. Um, I'm a I'm a hard taskmaster, and every woman that chooses to work at Aerial Dance knows that science is king and knows that she's going to have to keep learning and growing mm-hmm. that just because she made it through the initial training doesn't mean she's done we train for 3 hours every week as an instructor wow. team to keep growing and and adapting and i think that that's also something if people are looking for fitness facilities you need to know the training of the staff teaching you
2: mm-hmm.
1: the background of the program what's it based on because so many fads are out there it's terrifying mm-hmm. and then also what are they doing ongoing training Mm -hmm. because that is going to tell you if it's a program that you really want to trust your body Mm
0: -hmm. completely agree i mean i yes i agree (laughs) (laughs) i agree with you um so as you like as the research comes out as you keep learning keep kind of changing and evolving have a lot of people work strictly Uh, this is terrible too concentrically like they just work on the power output the and they don't understand that a lot of the stability comes from eccentric style training a lot of like even growth comes from that so i'm assuming flexibility yeah we've
1: all learned that long-term flexibility grains are in the eccentric category
0: yes yes so not
1: the static category right like, that's, so 90% of our classes are being taught wrong if you actually want to get flexible.
0: Right, that, that's kind of where I was going with this is a lot of that is wrong and I still see so many people just doing it and it's, it, it's maddening and that's one of the things that we really try when people come in by us, they're dealing with some injury or some inefficient movement. We really try to educate because they just don't know or they've been told this way and it's just not, it's simply not the case anymore. So I'm assuming with, the pole aerial stuff that you guys do there's a ton of i mean in order to stabilize you have to be able to eccentrically control and all of that so is that built into the programs or i mean does that just happen naturally with what you guys are doing
1: it's it's both okay so we actually our flexibility program is um in my opinion the most cutting edge in the area Mm -hmm. because we actually do a lot of eccentric flexibility training and I'm not seeing anyone else doing that. Mm -hmm. I'm still seeing a lot of static stretching or in Mm -hmm. PNF. And so it is built into the program specifically in places, but everything we do in pole and aerial is an eccentric hold. Like, I mean, I I have my hand high, I'm pulling up, I'm holding, and now I'm doing all all kinds of cool stuff with my legs. Mm -hmm. So like, and the other great thing about pole is it's always, and actually all of the air, all my apparatus, everything is push-pull. Okay. So one arm is pulling while another arm is pushing. So you're actually working wow. the full range mm-hmm. in that exercise, which I also think why pole is such a successful fitness mm-hmm. thing, is that like, you might be coming to have fun, but like whether you're having like, it's sneaky, it's yeah. a sneaky workout because you're actually building strength in the right ways with the right stabilization, with the long-term use patterns that are going to benefit you mm-hmm. And then at the end of our classes, like we do nerve pathway stretches at the end oh, of every nice. class and we focus on um I actually got the stretches from a physical therapist that I had seen for wrist problems. Okay. And I'm like, why isn't everyone doing this all the time? Yeah. And mm-hmm. every single one of our aerial classes, our fabric classes, because fabric is very grip strength oriented. Mm-hmm. And so we actually do rolling out on balls and our forearms oh, nice. at the end of every fabric class before then we stretch because we want to make sure that what we're doing here is supporting their life outside of here. And so many of our women come in with like purple tunnel misdiagnosed um, and other, you know, wrist pain mm-hmm. things. That's also boxed. Um, because they work at a computer, mm-hmm, right. and so we, we purposely build into our program what the science is telling us is the best use of their time to get the end result that we want, which is a happy, healthy, functioning person. That's
0: awesome, and you know the other benefit that I'm sure, I mean that that your people are getting is everything like you kind of alluded to a lot of forearm, a lot of grip strength, but that grip strength is there's the research shows that it's completely tied to longevity and like yes. mortality and all of that. So that's hundred talk about another byproduct that you are now only working on your health now, but you're setting yourself up for a long time because yep. if your grip strength, which is I'm sure very incorporated into everything you do.
1: Oh, it's a hundred percent. None again. of our women need someone yeah. to open a pickle jar for them. Like we got that. <laughs> right. Well and that is I mean that's
0: that's pretty, re- not pretty recent, but I mean, the research has consistently been showing newer, that is yeah. one yeah. tied to it. Yeah. That's awesome. I Talk you- about a huge byproduct.
1: Right? I mean, so you get the happy endorphins of exercise. You know, mm-hmm. you get all of the, and aerial dance is big about community. And I think that that's especially nice. important coming out of COVID mm-hmm. because we've just been yeah. like isolated and told that connection isn't important, but connection is fundamentally mm-hmm. human. Um it's everything. So like yeah. yeah, and then and then on top of that you have the increased grip strength, which leads to a longer, healthier life. Like, great.
0: Yeah. It's honestly and if you can work out without feeling like you're working out, Yes. That's what that's better. I I mean, I loathe working out. I don't enjoy yeah. it, but you <laughs> you you do it just because either you're told to or you think you have to, but you gotta find something that you enjoy. That's what it comes down. Like you were saying, before you've said that,
1: it's so critical, and I feel that that's a piece that the fitness industry has really done a disservice. Because mm-hmm. you know, you see all of these like CrossFit gyms where people are like, "Yeah, I did so many burpees, I threw up," and I'm like, "Oh my god, who the hell was leading that workout?" <laughs> Nothing about that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and instead, if you're if you're in a in a culture that is encouraging you to like laugh Mm -hmm. it's not serious so much of our life is serious what about playing we need so much more fun and fitness isn't about the pain Mm -hmm. and i hate that people think if they're not you know Vomiting at their workouts—they're not working hard enough. Yeah. Like, no, that is such a misnomer. Mm-hmm. It isn't about the pain. It isn't the "no pain, no gain." That's actually completely inaccurate. Right. You can make a lot of gains without any pain.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Make it pleasurable, and you'll do it. And then it'll be a part of a life that you want to live, rather than feeling like you have to.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> I, I
1: I love that you talk about that because I hate working out. Like, I didn't work out. Yeah, I was in. And to this day, when people are like, do you want to go to the gym? I'm like,
2: eh, mm-hmm.
1: do I have to? I mean, can I at least go play tennis? <laughs> right. Like, I don't like I don't want to go lift weights. I'm not going to. Oh, you want me to lift my body weight and do a cool shape? I will do that all day mm-hmm. long.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I do it every day. But it's not something I wake up and I'm like, oh, hey, I mean, I, I'm I'm lucky. I feel lucky I'm able to do it. Like, that's not what yep. I'm saying. But it's not. There's other things I enjoy doing more than an hour workout. I'll do it. I don't completely hate it. (laughs) Erica actually programs very well for me. Um, But it's just a lot of people don't enjoy it. They just do it.
1: They They tick off the box. Yeah. But here's my question to you, Trevor. How engaged are you if you're ticking off the box? Right. Versus if you're doing something that you're fully engaged in, mm-hmm. how much more of a benefit are you going to get?
0: Right. Well, and 100%. I mean, that's, that's what it is. If you're fully engaged and you're having a good time doing it, that's what it's about. <laughs> um, anything else about aerial dance or that you guys are doing you want people to know about? We've covered a lot, but what else? Think- what else you got?
1: most important thing, we do have co-ed classes okay. on Fridays and Saturdays, oh, so nice. men are allowed on those days.
0: Nice.
1: Um, otherwise, we are a sanctuary for women.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, we also do have kids' classes on Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays for kids 7 through 12 and 13 through 17. Oh, wow. Um, and that's co-ed. Our kids' classes are co-ed as well. And I think the most important thing that I want people to know about aerial dance is if you're curious, come. Um, like this isn't a scary place this is a loving warm place that wants you to f- be successful mm-hmm. and wants to cheer for you you know so i hear so many women be like oh i really want to try pole but like my friend won't go with me well screw your friend come anyway <laughs> and it's one of those things of where if you're curious get in the door mm-hmm. because that's all you need to start we will take care of everything else. We will guide you through every step of the process. And you will be amazed six months later at how different you are, your life is, your attitude is, your body is, your strength is. And what's most important is that you took the step to come. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the one big message is, especially after we've all been you know, hermits for a year, right. it's really hard to find courage right now mm-hmm. to do something new. I mean, we're just getting back to the stuff we used to do, okay, right? Right. Find the courage. If you're curious, that's all you need to start.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Starting is the hardest part, but oh, if you got to start somewhere and everybody has their own starting point and that's okay. And that's how it should be. I mean,
1: that's how it has to be. Yep. Like, there's nothing more frustrating for me than when someone's like, I'm going to go to the gym and get strong, right. then I'll come to aerial dance. I was like, if you wanted to be at the gym, you would be. Mm-hmm. You're not because that doesn't interest you, but you're interested enough in this that you want to do it eventually. Well, great. Come now. We'll help you get strong.
0: Mm -hmm. Nice. I like that. That's awesome. Um, Okay. So lightning round. Ready? Okay. Ready. (laughs) What is your favorite health related book? And I'm really interested to hear this because of your background.
1: (laughs) I am so bloody thankful that you guys sent me that question. So I could
0: prepare.
1: (laughs) Um, because Ariel Dance actually has a book club on self-development and women empowerment. Okay. So this is a topic I read about extensively. Mm-hmm. Um, and I narrowed it down to three. <laughs> Does that count? <laughs> That's
0: perfectly fine.
1: Okay. So the first book, Every Woman Needs to Read Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Mm. It is a book that I think opens a different conversation for what women's role is in society. And for me, the line in the book that just hit me in the face was when she said, I burned the memo that being selfless is the pinnacle of womanhood because I feel like so many women aren't taking time for self-care and they're neglecting their own cross-training and movement because they have to take care of the people around them and they have to keep all the balls in the air. And the truth is, is you have to take care of yourself. Um, So Untamed by Glennon Doyle is a must read for all women. Body Kindness by Rebecca Strickfield is a wonderful book for everyone about their relationship with their body. Mm. I mean, we only get one home. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Why are we so mean to it? Yeah,
0: I say that. I say that often to a lot of people, like, have self-compassion. This is your one shot, one body. Yep.
1: And like, I'm a total hypocrite on this because like, I'm having my own meltdown about my body, you know, like daily. Mm-hmm. But, like, body kindness, and the more that we can move away from acceptance, because you accept something you don't really like, but you don't really want to take the effort to change, mm-hmm. to body love, mm-hmm. like, and actually loving our home. I think that that's extremely important. And body kindness is a really great book that has some great tools for it. Okay. And then um, the last book I think everyone should read right now, oh, there are so many, so this is hard. <laughs> um, but I really love the book um, Health at Every Size by Linda Bacon, okay. because I feel that we have this misconception that there is one size body that's healthy
2: mm-hmm.
1: and you can be healthy no matter what your physical home looks like. There are lots of things you can do to promote health and wellness in your life, even if you're not, quote, your ideal weight. I mean, let's remember that the diet industry is a $60 billion industry that's telling you you're wrong every day. Mm -hmm. So like, we are up against a lot to fight those stigmas. And I feel that Body Kindness and then Health at Every Size are great books to start to educate yourself about maybe a different path other than Mm self-loathing. Because man, we are an amazing, amazing humans Mm -hmm. and we need to celebrate that more. Mm
0: -hmm. I totally agree with that, 100%. Um, what is your favorite health related activity to do in the Green Bay area?
1: Besides aerial, yep, deals, there it obviously. is. nice. Yep. Um, <laughs> for me, I don't like working out. Mm-hmm. So I, but I love hiking and nature. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's extremely important to go outside and squeeze your shoulder blades down and back and breathe mm-hmm. and fill your lungs. So I love the Green Bay reforestation camps. Okay. I love hiking. Yeah. There are so many great hiking trails in the Green Bay area. We are really, really blessed for that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to get out and do some forest wandering.
0: Yep. Totally agree. I I mean, I would, I would say that that's probably the number one answer I've gotten from most people is hiking. And <laughs> I mean, just being out in nature is so good for you. And then if you throw on like, if you're comfortable with it, like some barefoot walking, just kind of totally ground to to your surroundings and all of that. And like you said, it's, there's almost not, I thoroughly enjoy waking up, walking outside and just taking a big, deep inhale because it feels so good.
1: (laughs) It feels so good. And like, we are so blessed Mm -hmm. because we're not in a big city where we don't have good air quality. Mm -hmm. Like it is not, I mean, go to Baird's Creek. There are so many great places that you can reconnect with nature. And in my, my caveat with that is I encourage you to gasp don't bring your cell phone,
0: mm-hmm.
1: assuming you know how to find your way back out of the woods. <laughs> Right. I've but, gotten
0: lost in the woods a few times.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> um, and instead, think about all the things you're grateful for, mm-hmm. because walking in the forest and thinking about how lucky your life is, mm-hmm. you are going to leave that experience in a completely different frame of mind than the stress and hustle bustle of
0: daily life. Yep. The the practice of gratitude is huge, huge. is huge to life. And it's been something that I've been. Um, trying to incorporate more and more. Erica is very good at it. Um, I mean, it, it's so easy to get boggled down by everything going on, but I, it's even as something as simple as at night. Think of three good things that happen during the day. I'm like that's all you have to do. It, and you're if again going back to consistency, consistency, day in day out. You do that, you're gonna notice changes happening.
1: I'm, I love that. I, I'm a huge gratitude person. Mm-hmm. At Aerial Dance, at the end of every class, mm-hmm. we actually have the girls fill out a gold star form, okay. which is something that they're proud of themselves that they did that day. Mm-hmm. Because we are our own worst critics. And if oh, you yeah. ask someone to write down what they did bad that day, they will be able to write you a page. Mm-hmm. But if you ask them what they did good, they're like, oh. <laughs> so it's, becau- it's become a practice where we every at the end of every class our students write down what were they successful at that's good because we need to do more of that celebration
0: Mm -hmm. that's awesome that's awesome final question what is one health basically one health tip that you would give to somebody to help them start or take that step to get their life back which i mean in turn is just giving them their overall health and improving their overall lifestyle
1: find an activity you enjoy It doesn't matter what it is. If you enjoy mopping your floors, cool. Like whatever you can do to move your body, Mm -hmm. if you find joy in it, you're going to have more success. Mm -hmm. And fitness should be fun. Fitness is not a punishment. It is a joy. Your health and wellness is your most important thing because without it, you have nothing else. Mm -hmm. So if you're doing something right now that isn't suiting you it's okay to change. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: If you're doing something now that feels like pulling teeth to get you to go and you dread it and you're just checking off the box, there are so many other options. Mm -hmm. So keep trying things, have the courage to keep being a beginner until you find the one that really lights you up and gives you that spark of joy. Mm -hmm. And then keep going there. Mm -hmm. Keep doing that.
0: Perfect. Perfect. Um, social, where can people go to contact to find you guys? What is your website? Are you guys on Facebook, Instagram, all the things. emails? Yeah. yeah.
1: So AerialDanceWI.com is our website as well as our Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and oh, you're on Twitter TikTok too, huh? and all of those wow. things. Um, you can find us in Appleton. We're by the Fox River Mall. And in Green Bay, we are off Sharing Road by the Life Church. Okay. And we have over 170 classes in person a week at our two locations wow. and then an additional 30 online classes. So there are lots of options mm-hmm. to become involved. And we have open hours every week that are posted on our Facebook pages. So Aerial Dance Green Bay and Aerial Dance Appleton. And if you go there, you can see when the open hours are for that week. And you can just stop in and talk to either Instructor Chrissy or Instructor Kim. and Take a tour and answer your questions. Like starting something new is scary. We get that. But here's the thing. If you don't start anything new, you're not going to grow. So if you're curious, come play with us. Ariel Dance WI.
0: Awesome. Yeah, Erica and I believe her sister went with her. Um, They did a class. She loved it. I'm telling you, she she has some bumps and bruises, but she 100% enjoyed it. And
1: bruising is part of aerial because <laughs> yeah. like you are putting your body in contact with hard metal objects.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The thing is, is it gets better as you get used to it. Right? Yeah, like, you don't bruise on those moves, then you bruise on, you know, the next new thing you're trying.
0: Yeah, yeah, but she thoroughly enjoyed it. And I, I, yeah, I would expect her to be back. <laughs>
1: Awesome. I will love having her. Thank <laughs> you so much for this opportunity to talk. I know that I go off topic because I just get so I excited.
0: Yeah, I do too. That's why I feel like we could probably keep talking or we could have multiple episodes about so many different things. <laughs> I, f- I love that though. That's what, the th- what,
1: the, what it's about. I really appreciate that you guys are putting together this though, so people can get real data and science and information mm-hmm. about what's available in the area. It's so important that everyone takes control of their own health. It is.
0: It really is. Completely. Awesome. Well, Paula, thank you so much for coming on.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: And thanks for listening, everyone. We will see you next time. If you would like more information about one of our guests or us at Movement Performance and Rehabilitation, just send us an email at info at mvmt-rehab.com. That's info at movement-rehab.com.